tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today we're speaking with Bridget Bowie. Bridget is one of the first employees at Cuddly, a fundraising platform that support animal rescues around the world. Her experience at the company has involved working intimately with rescues, overseeing the technical development of the website, building and operated their e-commerce platform, and is currently the director of content and social media. Bridget, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. First and foremost, one of my first questions that I ask everybody who is on the show is, how did you become passionate about cats? Well, I mean, like so many people, I feel like I had so many pets growing up. I mean, I had a big family, so I think cats were like an easy go-to for us because it wasn't a lot of maintenance and they were just kind of like a staple in my household. So that was something that I just always had growing up. But as I got older, I mean... We all develop so many missions around like our ethos of, of wanting to make the world a better place. And that's where I really stepped into Cuddly a few years back. And I think for me, it's it's been such an enriching experience. The more I learn about these amazing animal rescues, the more I want to get involved. So it's been incredible. So how long has uh, Cuddly been around? So we've been around since 2014 in a few different iterations. But ultimately, I mean, our goal has always been to help animal rescues in whatever way they need. And I think there's been a bit of a learning curve for that. But I think we've really found a great place at this point because we know so many of them have limited resources. And for us, it's all about building tools and and helping them in whatever way they need. And we work really intimately with all of our over 2,000 animal rescues. So tell me a little bit about the specifics of the platform. I mean, I've it's a fundraising platform, but you know, how is it different than other fundraising platforms? You know, what really shows the difference from you versus maybe some of the other ones? Yeah, I mean, I think some of the other online platforms, you're a bit on your own. So for us, we really have made it our goal to help small and medium-sized rescues. And that means so many of these organizations have one in two people when they start off. So they don't really have a lot of the experience or even the time to make a fundraiser and nonetheless make it successful. So we have a team that actually works with them and we act as a as an extension of their fundraising arm. And so our fundraisers are a little bit different in the way as well that they are about specific pets. And so people can donate to a specific pet's medical care, but more than that, they can also send exactly the products that that animal needs. So if a cat is struggling with, oh, for instance, we've seen quite a few that have like broken legs and things like that, who maybe can't have get around as easily, people can send them a bed so that they don't have to um, be uncomfortable wherever they are if they're stuck in a crate. Is this mainly only for rescues or is it for individual folks that have pets or cats and dogs that need medical attention and that they can't afford it? Yeah, you know, it it is specific to verified nonprofits. So they need to have a 501c3. So that's something that we've really focused in on because I mean, so many of them, they're all of their 
funding comes from donations. And so if that comes to a standstill, they can't save animals. So it's really been our goal to really build up these organizations so that they can grow and eventually have facilities and just keep spreading out their net so that they can help better their community. Is there anything for supportive care or is it primarily animals that are injured and need like extra medical care or does it include, I know you had talked about products for the for the animal, for the cat or the dog, but what about like spay neuter or rabies vaccination, anything like that? Is that included? So it's really entirely up to the rescue exactly what what where their really pain points are. So if they just have like a general, like I know at one point we had like a hoarding situation. Um, so we'll have like a fundraiser specific to that general need. So hoarding situation, also TNR efforts, of course. So really wherever the need is, we, we try to facilitate and a rescue can have as many fundraisers as they need. So if they need one for a specific animal that is like due to neglect or abuse, then you can have one there, one for TNR, another for a general fundraiser, as many fundraisers as they need. So I'm sitting here looking at your homepage right now, and I'm seeing the campaigns going by on the screen here. You know, of the campaigns that are listed on your site, how many of them actually get fully funded? You know, quite a few and more all the time. Because we do offer this personalized care, we really make it a goal to see them be successful. So something that's also a little bit different, I mean, and I would say probably the game changer for so many of our organizations is that we actually put paid advertisements behind their fundraisers. So if you're working with us really intimately, we will do that for you. And so you're getting new donors, not just reaching out to the same people who maybe are exhausted at this point from all your pleas. So we actually spread our net there. We have a lot of paid marketing. And then we have strategic partnerships as well with other organizations where we will also reach out with those fundraisers to those organizations as well. So I don't have a percentage, but more every day, <laughs> a higher percentage. And it sounds like there's not a limit to the number of campaigns that each organization can post. I mean, I'm seeing several from the same organization kind of traveling by here. So it, it looks like there's maybe not even a limit on that. Right. And I think for so many organizations, it's, it is about being strategic a little bit more because you can have as many as you'd like. But really, as far as putting a lot of effort into a fundraiser, if you have like a few and you really market them specifically, it's going to come across a lot more genuine than if you have a 100 fundraisers right out of the gate. But certainly, I mean, for us, if you have that many animals that are in need, there could be one animal that for some reason resonates with our community and goes totally viral. So we want to be sure that that all of them are getting helped. I see a lot of dogs going by here on the screen. Is it a larger percentage of dogs than cats? Do we need to get more cats posted in there? <laughs> I, I think so. Um, <laughs> and so there are quite a few dogs. I mean, I think there are quite a few like standout like abuse and neglect cases that really, of course, there's there's a lot in the ways of the cat community as well. But I think for like larger dogs, some of those can be very costly, like tens of thousands. So that's where we really have been making an effort to step in on those cases. But Personally, as a huge cat lover, if you need support and you have uh, a cat rescue, we want to help you. What's the fee structure like? So we actually don't charge anything as far as monetary donations. We don't take any percentage of that. Like I said, it, it's, it's all about the rescues for us. At the time of checkout, donors have the option to give a tip. And 
honestly, so many of them do. I mean, they have a great giving spirit. And when we explain to them, hey, anything that you give to us, we're really just using to market these animal rescues and get them new donors and help more animals. So they're very generous in the ways of their tipping, but it's also making it so that we don't have to charge our rescues anything. Do you track like how much money each rescue raises? Like, do you have any estimates of, you know, what sort of donation amount this could translate to? I mean, it really depends on the amount of effort. We've seen very small rescues who are really just trying to get off the ground, and we've seen them grow by 7x and actually be able to build facilities and be able to broaden their reach. I mean, we've heard from so many of our rescues the same thing over and over in that when they see an animal in need, they know they can take it in because those medical bills are going to be covered because of us. So I think more than more than just a general fundraising goal, for us, it's about that intake and being able to help on a case-by-case basis so that no one's hampered in, in being able to help these animals that are in really dire straits. Do you know on a, just sort of a guesstimate of how many animals you have listed up on the site at this point in time? I I can find out for you. I know right now we have 2,100 animal rescues currently working with us. And since 2014, we've raised $20 million. As far as active fundraisers, I mean, there there are so many too that are, are very time sensitive and are urgent needs, but there are also those that are more based around sanctuaries and for animals that are in hospice and are going to have ongoing care. So for us, there's also no time limit on these fundraisers because we know this could be something that's supplementing this animal's care so that they're able to have a comfortable life while they're waiting for their forever home or while they're in a sanctuary as well. Celebrating the welfare of all cats, the International Cat Association, also known as TICA, is the world's largest feline genetic registry and is the number one registry of household pet cats and kittens. TICA was the first and now the world's largest registry to allow household cats of unknown ancestry to compete for the same titles and awards as pedigreed cats. Whether you adopt or shop, Tika is the one-stop shop for all things feline. Tika is more than 65,000 members and clients in 104 countries who all speak the language of cat lover by helping make an impact on the health and welfare of all cats. Members and clients serve to educate and foster spay-neuter awareness in their local communities and are active volunteers at local animal shelters and animal outreach programs. Tika takes an active role in numerous citizen advisory groups to foster legislation to aid the health and welfare of all cats. To learn more about Tika, go to www.tika.org. By now, you know how powerful the Dubert software platform is, facilitating everything from transport to fostering with just a few clicks. But did you know that the team at Dubert also provides consulting and custom software development for your organization's needs? The team at Dubert has extensive experience in website design, SEO strategies, mobile application development, and even advanced capabilities involving integration to social media and text messaging. Big or small, the team at Dubert can do it all. And because Dubert operates as a social enterprise, all of the revenue from their consulting services goes back into developing even more innovative and life-saving solutions for animal rescues around the world. So if you are planning to increase your digital presence online through a new website or some SEO strategies, or if your organization is looking for an experienced web development team to support your operations, look no further than the team at Dubert. Reach out to Chris today at chris at dubert.com and he'd be glad to discuss what you're trying to accomplish and how they can help. 
Are you ready to be part of the solution for feral and stray cats in your neighborhood? If so, then make sure to sign up for our next Neighborhood Cats TNR Certification Workshop. A new workshop is held online each month, generally on the first Saturday of the month, but please check our website for exact dates. For just $10, expert instructors will teach you best practices for trap, neuter, and return. TNR. Learn what TNR is and why it works. We'll cover getting along with neighbors, preparations for trapping, trapping itself, including entire colonies at once, feeding, providing winter shelter, and more. Take advantage of the interactive format, extensive handouts, and video footage of actual projects. Attendees will receive a certificate of attendance and gain access to an ongoing Facebook group for networking with other TNR activists. The two-and-a-half-hour workshop is led by Susan Richmond, the Executive Director of Neighborhood Cats, and Brian Cordes, Neighborhood Cats National Programs Director. To find out the date of the next workshop and sign up, just visit communitycatspodcast.com. If an organization is interested in signing up to be part of Cuddly, is that a long process or is it an easy process? Oh, yeah. It's very easy. You really just need to have that 501c3. And if you supply that, we'll actually have a representative that reaches out to you the same day to make sure that they are optimizing all of your fundraisers and really making sure that that rescue is as successful as possible. We really buddy up with all of our rescues and so many of our our representatives, I mean, they're on speed dial so that when an animal is being picked up in, in a field, we're the first people that get called on the way to the vet. So we really want to see a positive difference with these animal rescues. Is there anything else about Cuddly that you think that our listeners should know about? For us, it's really about championing these these small organizations and not just small ones. We want to see them grow. So, of course, as they grow, we, we want to grow with them. But beyond that, I mean, we really just value everyone who comes to our site. We've made, seen how small a donation can make a huge difference. We've seen people who come and they'll donate something like $5. But really, when 100 people are doing that, that animal's life is saved. So that's, I think, more than anything what I would would say to anyone who comes to our site. (laughs) So Bridget, looks like you have a podcast going on at Cuddly too. What's it like being a podcaster? Oh, it's been fun. Honestly, it's, it's been so great during quarantine for me because I feel like it's so easy to get down um, during this time. I mean, I'm, we're all trapped inside and we don't have a lot going on and doom and gloom on the news all day long. So talking to these rescuers, which is really what our podcast is centered around, hearing their story, hearing how they're getting through COVID and hearing about individual animals. I mean, it has been a huge bright spot for me and has changed every week that I do it. <laughs> Are there any particular rescues that you've interviewed that really come to mind? We've had some great ones. I mean, as far as cat um, specific, personally, I live in Long Beach, California. So we have this wonderful animal rescue called the Little Lion Foundation, and their focus has been totally around neonatal kittens. Um, And they have this wonderful nursery that is so wonderful. I'm a huge fan of it because as a foster and someone who, who likes to volunteer with animal rescues, sometimes it can be really hard to put in a lot of time, especially when you're working and you have other things going on. But they've made it really accessible so that you can come in even for an hour, bottle feed some kittens, and you've done your good deed of the day. So, so you go in there and actually help with bottle feeding right there in their nursery? Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And I think we all know, I mean, how these neonatal kittens have really struggled historically. Um, and then, of course, in shelters, it's it's nearly impossible. So 
seeing someone like that really step up in my community has made me so grateful. And there are so many other cat rescues around here, of course, as well, that are supplying wonderful things like kits for neonatal kittens to our shelters so that people who are bringing them in can really be encouraged to take them home and, and give them the care so they have a real chance at something. I really value about all of these rescues. I mean, they're so innovative. They keep coming up with new ways to save lives. And it's like they can't stop coming up with with creative alternatives. So if you had all the money in the world and wanted to improve the quality of life for our community cats, you know, how would you spend those resources? Oh, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think for me, from what everything I've seen, I mean, I would I would put just so much of it into TNR personally. I've seen it as far as the animal rescues I volunteer with, what a huge difference it can make. And especially with our community cats, um, these volunteers and these rescues see so many hard things when they're going out into community cat colonies. And that's something I wouldn't wish on anyone. And I think really by stepping in with TNR, I mean, we're really mitigating any sort of really harmful and I don't know, like injuries with these animals. And more than that, I think also creating a, a more symbiotic relationship with the humans that are around them as well. Have you done any TNR or just are aware of the process? I haven't personally. Um, I've got to be honest, I'm like a little nervous about it, <laughs> but it's something I'm definitely interested in. But I know just the rescues, I, I fostered some kittens that have come in from the community cat colonies. So I've seen that end of it. <laughs> What do you prefer fostering? Do you like the itty bitties or do you like the semi-feral kittens? Every litter is different. Some are naughtier than others. For me, I think I look at each opportunity to take in a new litter as a totally fresh experience because I know they're all going to have their own different personalities. And for me, it's about finding a way to facilitate that and also personally marketing them so that they can get adopted as quickly as possible. So with the way coronavirus has hit the world and, and everything, and so much of our adoptions are now happening virtually, you know, do you have any thoughts and ideas about sort of the, the changing environment around animal welfare and how it's sort of had to move some of it sort of out of the shelter and more into a foster home environment? Is that a good thing? Or is that something that, you know, we just have to ride through this pandemic and then try and get back to normal? For me, I think it's it's just such a wonderful thing. And of course, it's helped that there have been so many people to step up as fosters. But for me, it's given the, these animals the opportunity to really acclimate themselves to a home environment, which I think has been proven to Im improve their health overall. Personally, I mean, I've been doing some virtual adoptions myself, and I think it really gives the opportunity to show these animals in a home setting because I think when you're when you're at a facility sometimes it can feel very sterile and and the animal can be very nervous but being able to be like this is his favorite bed this is what he likes to play with and watch it and I really show these potential adopters the animal and the environment they've been in the, for the past several months I think it really shines a light on those animals in their best light if folks are interested in finding out more about a cuddly how would they do that yeah, you'd learn more at cuddly.com and also on our podcast as well. Um, it's called From Tip to Tail and it's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we also have a wonderful blog where we feature all the information about every animal rescue we interview for the podcast. That's great. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today, Bridget? 
I think for me overall, I would just say get involved in any way you can. Even if it's just an hour, you can make a huge difference for an animal rescue and for the animals they care for. That's great. Bridget, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show, and I hope we'll have you on again in the future. I would love that. Thank you. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think, and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. Wow.